0: As you know, we've been doing a series on um, a, a very <laughs> worthwhile series about the path to being whole. Uh, on the, I, I give you a principle each night, so watch this progression, the path to being whole. Watch the progression here. Number one is to realize I'm not God, to admit that I'm powerless, To control my tendency to do the wrong thing and my life is unmanageable. Principle number two is to earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, and that He has the power to help me recover. Principle number three is to consciously choose to commit all of your life and will to Christ's care and control. Number four is to openly examine and confess my faults to myself and to God and to someone I trust and then to voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. That's not all of it, but you can see a progression here that if you embrace this, the, the teaching of this material, uh, you can see how at the end of it, uh, you'll be a long ways down the path of life worth living and so on. Tonight, I am going to talk to you about Evaluate, Our principle for tonight is to evaluate all of my relationships, that's past and present, evaluate all of them, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. Our scripture text tonight is, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We're going to jump into this tonight, and it it may be a little heavy duty. And being that we opened the service the way we did tonight, I may need an extra five minutes or so at the end. So if y'all would be kind for the hundreds and hundreds of times that I've released y'all five minutes or earlier. I'm just saying. I'm a good Christian man by doing that. I need for y'all to be good Christian people back. Y'all on board? I heard about three people, but you need to get up and leave at 8.30? Ta-ta. So, uh, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, be put away with you, away from you, with all malice or hatred. And this is the hard part right here. It applies to marriage, to parenting, to your job, to people at church. It applies everywhere you go and everything you do. And be ye kind, one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I'm going to skip down just a little bit and give you a couple of illustrations. Um you all ever have heard that newspapers oftentimes make mistakes in what they print, so they come back with a correction notice. A newspaper one time showed a picture of some very unusual oriental dishes that were enjoyed at a party For foreign exchange students, I'm not going to pronounce this name right. I'm going to do my best, but it looks like Thin is a foreign exchange student, the newspaper said, who was standing in the center of the picture. They said we incorrectly listed her name as one of the items on the menu. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It would be rather annoying if you had a name resembling hamburger. And somebody put your name in that recipe and said, just add two-thirds cups of hamburger. And, well, that's me. Uh, we get the point. Another newspaper referred to the what was once the chairman of the Chrysler Corporation as Lee Cuckoo. And uh, his real name is Lee Iacocca, and they regret the error. So have you ever tried to correct a mistake in a relationship and actually made things worse? Is there any married men here tonight? We've all done it, honey. I didn't mean that the way that sounded. I mean, I didn't mean that you were as wide as an eighteen wheeler. I just didn't come out right, and I'm very sorry. You men are terrified to show any facial expression right now. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're setting. You look like a mannequin. I'm It's actually pretty funny. <clears throat> but we've all done it. You try to correct a mistake in a relationship and you end up making things worse. We want to get away from all that stuff. We want to recover from hurts, from the hurts others. We want to recover from the hurts that people have inflicted on us. But we also want to recover from the damage that we've done to other people without making matters worse. The problem is, is that we just mess things up when we try it on our own. The text that I read to you tonight gives us two important principles that will help us, hope everybody listens tonight, it will help us in repairing our relationships. Number one is to forgive those who have hurt me. Forgive those who have hurt me. Number two is to make amends with those I've hurt. Now I'm going to stop right here real quick and say that I hear far more about people who've been hurt by other people than I do about people coming to me and saying, I hurt so and so, how can I fix it? I very rarely ever get the latter, very rarely ever get the latter. We've already learned in this series that the why is more important than the how because when I under, understand why I should do something, it will be much easier for me to figure out how to do it. So for each of these steps tonight, I want us to look at the why and the how. So the first question is forgive those who hurt me and why? Why should I do that? Why should I forgive people who have hurt me? This can be your spouse, your kids, your parents, people you worry. It's not just church people. This is every relationship we have. It's your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, third removed, all that stuff. So why should I forgive those who have hurt me? The answer is very obvious. The first part of it is very obvious and very logical. Number one, first and foremost, is because God has forgiven me of everything I've done. Everybody say amen. Now... I appreciated your very fervent response, but uh, I wove a little web right there. The Bible said in Colossians chapter 3, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also you do. So as Jesus forgave you, then you do the same. So I think if all of us here tonight could do a quick mental inventory, of just how much God has forgiven us. How many times God has forgiven us. It should make forgiving other people a whole lot easier. Listen, both feet on the floor, my fifth grade teacher used to say, both feet on the floor, set straight up, you see. I've heard that ten thousand times in my life. You will never ever be able to forgive anyone else more than God has forgiven you. When you have a difficult time forgiving others, it's usually because you don't feel forgiven. People who feel forgiven find it easier to be forgiving. People who feel unforgiven find it difficult to forgive others. You remember the parable Jesus told the man that owned, owed a huge debt and he went to the debtor and the debtor said, I forgive you, and then the man ran outside and saw one that somebody that owed him far less money and threatened him to beat him up and all that kind of stuff He didn't pay the money. The reason he did that is because the man didn't feel forgiven. So the first reason why we forgive is because God has forgiven us. Number two, The second reason is because resentment, grudge-toting, those kind of things, doesn't work. It doesn't get you anywhere by being resentful and toting grudges. Job said, for wrath kills the foolish man and envy slays the silly one. Job tells us that resentment is unreasonable, unhealthy, and unhelpful. Does resentment ever cause people to do stupid things? Oh, yes, it does. It's like shooting yourself so you'll hit someone else. That's a very plain illustration of resentment. You always hurt yourself more by being resentful than the other person. Anger is a waste of energy. The Bible said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools." Job said, He teareth himself in his anger. Shall the earth be forsaken for thee, and shall the rock be removed out of his place? When you get angry and resentful towards somebody, you don't hurt them. You're all upset about it, but it's not bothering them, but it's making you miserable. And in most cases, people have forgotten it. Resentment cannot change situations in the past. They cannot correct problems in the present. And it doesn't change people in the future. It just simply makes you miserable. Have you ever talked to someone who said, I feel so much better. I've been so resentful towards so-and-so for the past 15 years, and I just feel great. Never heard that. Again, Job said, Job 21, 23, One dieth in his full strength, being holy at ease and quiet. His breasts are full of milk, and his bones are moistened with marrow. And another dieth in the bitterness of his soul, and never eateth with pleasure. Research has actually shown that the unhealthiest emotion people have is resentment. It's like a, a cancer that eats you alive. Bitterness has physical consequences. Have you ever said, my, my, that guy over there is a pain in the neck. He may indeed be the cause of your pain in the neck if you have resentment toward him. Guy walked into the doctor's office one time and said, I need some more pills for my colitis. And the doctor said, Who are you colliding with now? <laughs> doctor S. I. Macmillan wrote a book that showed that two that the two greatest causes of the physical problems in life are guilt and resentment. He said, it's not so much what you eat, it's what, eat you, what eats you that matters. Nothing drains you emotionally like bitterness. It just prolongs the hurt. Bitterness, being resentful, is emotional suicide. You need to forgive those that hurt you for your own sake. The third reason as to why we need to forgive is because we will need forgiveness in the future. Jesus said in Mark 11, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Jesus said in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, that if you do not forgive men their trespasses, and your heavenly Father will not forgive you of yours. Forgiveness really isn't a choice. I'm I'm just going to put it out here tonight. It's it's not a choice. It's not an option. If you want to go to heaven, it's something you have to do. But resentment blocks your sense of God's forgiveness in your life. Resentment blocks your sense of God's forgiveness in your life. The Bible teaches that we cannot receive what we are unwilling to give. This hit me today in, in preparation for tonight and, and going through this for about the 15th time. But this hit me today, in the, it just like a board in the back of the head. Notice this. It's, it is dangerous to pray the Lord's Prayer, this part of it. Notice this. I've never seen this before until today. It, it, it didn't hit me till today. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, you're actually saying to God, forgive me as much as I forgive everyone else. That needs to resonate for a moment. When you say, Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, you're actually saying, Lord, forgive me as much as I forgive everyone else one of the most sterling christian characters a person can can emulate in an effort to be like christ is number one to be loving number two is to be forgiving if you can't forgive people then you're failing miserably at the test of christianity forgiving people is more important to me than you being holy looking You can be as holy as you want, but if you can't forgive people, all it is is a fashion and a style statement. Forgiveness is a two-way street. One man came to John Wesley and said, I can never forgive that person, never. John Wesley said, then I hope, sir, that you never sin, meaning don't burn the bridge that you may have to walk across yourself one day. So that's the why behind forgiveness now let's talk about the how i'm gonna put a lot of this on the screen how do you do it number one you reveal your hurt you can't get over a hurt until you admit that it hurt you know the sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me that is the biggest lie on the planet Uh, I've, i've i've worked with people through the years that have more legitimate verbal hurt than they'll ever get by way of physical hurt in their life. Words do hurt, and if you want to forgive somebody, if you want to possess the spirit of forgiveness, the first step is to reveal that, yes, that hurt. It did hurt. So here are your options when you're faced with a hurt. When people hurt you, I hope you folks are listening tonight. I, I, I told Brother Ben tonight before service started, I said, I don't think people listen to the pulpit like they should. I just don't. The lifestyle and attitudes don't always reflect it. But I hope you'll hear this tonight. Here's your options when you're faced with hurt. Number one, you can repress it and pretend it didn't happen. Men have a bigger, in my opinion, men have a bigger propensity to do that than, than the lady folks. But even lady folks do it. You repress it. You play like it didn't hurt. You pray like it didn't bother you. You just go on smiling and whistling and planting flowers and spitting out sunflower seeds or whatever you do. But you act like it didn't hurt when deep down inside it did. And if you leave it there unattended, it starts to fester after a while. But you can repress it, pretend it didn't happen. Number two, you can suppress it and say, pretend that it's no big deal. Yeah, it hurt a little bit, but I'll be all right. It's all right. Or you can express it. And let your anger get the best of you. So when someone verbally assaults you, you can get angry and let them have it. And you feel better for a moment, but after a while, when your emotions start dying down a little bit, then guilt starts coming in and conscience starts coming in and what have you. Or, fourth option, you can confess it. That means you admit that it hurt, and then you take steps to deal with it, both spiritually and emotionally people say i'd like to really close the door on my past i'd like to get closure so this person doesn't hurt me anymore that's fine but there's no closure without disclosure you must first admit that it hurt and then you can get over the hurt a lot of people when they get hurt they quit trying you know, when you stand up and somebody slaps you and knocks you back down, and you stand up again, they slap you and knock you back. After a while, you're going to quit getting up. And that's what people do when they're hurt. But after a while, you have to learn to get up and face the person and get over the hurt and start working through the hurt. For many people, one of the most helpful things is to express your hurt in a letter, to write it down, write everything out, just just. Express all of your feelings in writing, but don't mail it, just write it. I talked to you last Wednesday night about talking to someone that you can trust and and share your faults and what have you. Uh, if you can't find a person, then the second option to that is just to write it down. That's why a lot of people do diaries. They get to write their feelings, they get to sit down and, and it, it, it's helpful, it's therapeutic. It kinda helps get it off your chest so you write it in a letter, you just don't mail it. The psalmist said in Psalm 55, verse 12, for, if it was not, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my God, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. So when you've been hurt by those who should love you the most, who should be the most kind, who should be the most understanding. So how do you develop a spirit of forgiveness? Number one, you reveal your hurt. Number two, this is the hard part, folks. You release the offender. You let them go. The only way you can release an offender is to forgive them. Don't wait for them to ask for forgiveness because they may never think that they need to ask for forgiveness. Besides, you're doing it primarily for your sake, not theirs. You're, you're going to need forgiveness in the future, and we all must obey the Word of God. We, we've all heard the scripture setting in Matthew 18. I'm going a little bit quick tonight because the clock's not being a friend. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Listen, Jesus is saying that forgiveness has to be continual because those feelings keep coming back. So someone hurts you, you forgive them. We can't be like God and forget. So three days later, you think about it, and here comes that. You remember that big, horrible hurt, and you're like, man, I can't stand that person, and I'm holding all this resentment and and all of this stuff against them. And Jesus says, nope, 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 forgive them again, forgive them again. It's going to keep coming back. The 70 times 7 is not a number that you keep track of what Jesus is saying here is your memory's not like mine. I can forget it, but you can't. So every time you remember it, you forgive them. So how do you know when you have released an offender fully? It's when you can think about them and it doesn't hurt anymore. It's when you can start praying for God's blessing on their life. I had someone that hurt me in some time past, hurt me very badly. And I, I suppressed it. I'm the kind of guy that suppresses it. I like to just walk around, act like nothing's happening. And I'm dying on the inside. And uh, finally realized I'm gonna have to do something about this and it's not easy. and So I determined that God, the next time I pray, I'm going to pray for that person. It was hard, man. God, bless so-and-so. God, I pray that you would bless them. God, bless their family, bless their marriage, bless their kids. Bless them, bless them, bless them. I'll be honest with you here tonight. My human emotion on the inside was saying, not really, not really. God, curse them. Let their house burn down tomorrow night. Let them lose their job, you know, whatever. That, that, it, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not saying this is easy. But with strong Christian discipline and strong Christian accountability and the leading of the Holy Ghost, it can be done. You pray for them. You pray for God's blessing on their life when it doesn't hurt anymore when you think of them. And then you can pray for them and you can understand their hurt. Instead of focusing on your hurt, focus on their hurt because hurt people hurt people. text me that text you sent me a week or so ago if you have if you can the third thing we do in our step towards forgiveness is to pray study the Bible and again through discipline and accountability you allow God to replace the hurt with peace you get peace over the situation I've seen people do this in bad marriages Kara shared with me a couple of Wednesday nights ago after church she said if I can go to this real quick and not mess everything up she said we self-destruct not because of the hurt but because of the unforgiveness we self-destruct not because of the hurt it's not the hurt that does it It's not being forgiven. forgiven. It's not being forgiving. That's what does the destruction. And I think everybody needs to remember that. I had intended to put that on the screen. We self-destruct not because of the hurt, but because of the unforgiveness. And I totally concur with that statement. So you reach a point where you replace hurt with the peace of God Paul said to the church at Colossian, Colossians three fifteen. he said let the peace of God rule in your heart let the peace of God rule in your heart let God settle the score after all he can do a whole lot better job than than we can let him have the last word in the situation that you're struggling with relations can relationships can can sometimes tear your heart into pieces but God can glue those pieces back together and cover your heart with his peace. That's why you need to reveal your hurt, then release your hurt and then replace your hurt. So we've talked about in this section of this presentation tonight the why I need to forgive and how I need to forgive. Let me take it a step further tonight and and talk about making amends with those that we've hurt. We've talked about people that have hurt us. Now let's talk about the people that we've hurt. Does anybody, can you be honest here? No, don't raise your hand, but not that you would anyway. But anyway, is anybody tonight here, can you be honest and transparent enough to say that I have hurt people before? Have you ever hurt your spouse before? Have you really hurt their feelings before? Or does it matter? Do their feelings matter? Have you ever hurt your kids' feelings before? Have you ever hurt people at church? Can you be honest about it? Have you? I have. I've hurt people here at Grace Church. There's people that don't come to church here anymore because I hurt them. I live with that every day. So let's talk about make, making amends to those I've hurt. Why? If we need to forgive people, and we talked about the, the why and the how, so when it comes to making amends with people that we've hurt, why? Because unresolved relationships are at the root of your problems and they prevent recovery from happening. You have to take the second step and make amends to people you've hurt as well as releasing the people who've hurt you. The writer of Hebrews said, Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. You have to let go of unresolved relationships if you want to enjoy the happiness that God meant for you to have in this life. So how do you do this? How do you make amends with people that you've heard? Number one, why don't you sit down and make a list of those that you've heard and how you did it? it in writing <laughs> everybody here tonight says i can't think of one person i've heard <laughs> let me help you get started let me help you let me jog your memory i know sometimes in court people make a police statement and they get up on the witness stand they forget what they said and so the prosecuting attorney will get out the police statement the re- police report and said here let me have you read this and maybe it'll jog your memory let me help jog your memory have you ever owed anybody a debt or some money that you never paid them boy y'all are everybody here tonight could model clothes for J.C. JCPenney you could stand and sit in the window and, and just sit there for hours <laughs> I ain't moving uh, there's people here tonight that ain't even breathing But have you ever borrowed something from somebody and never returned it? Have you ever borrowed money from anybody and never paid them back? Let me ask you this. Have you ever made somebody a promise and then broke it? Did you ever promise your spouse that I'll be home in five minutes and it was 30 minutes later when you got home and she was fuming and that you're furious at her because she wasn't more understanding? You're the one that did it. Are you too controlling or too possessive of someone? Are you too critical of someone? Have you been verbally or physically abusive to someone? Have you been unappreciative or inattentive toward someone? Have you ever been unfaithful or have you ever lied to somebody? g Any memories, so yeah, we need to make amends with there are people out there that um, we owe them an apology so if if this is the case and you would like to make amends with somebody, think how I would like for someone to make amends with me if if Mike Landry lied to me last week, and he wants to walk up tonight after church and say, Pastor, I, you know, I, I told you a story, and, and I, I want to make amends. How would I want him to approach me? I mean, would I want him to walk up and say, Brother Murphy, I mean, you know, last week, and, you know, and I don't have a clue what he said. Or would I want him to walk up and say, I lied to you last week, but it's your fault that I did. That's usually the approach we take right there, especially in marriage. Honey, I did so and so, but it was your fault. Appreciate the honesty, babe. Jesus said, as you would like that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. The Message Bible said, here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you would want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. So think to yourself, if someone were going to apologize to you, how would you want them to do that? And then maybe do it that way. Here's three issues to consider if you want to make amends with somebody. Number one, you find the right time to do it. Because to every purpose, the Bible said, there is a time and judgment. Therefore, the misery of man is great upon him because people don't understand the right time. So you don't call people at 2 in the morning and wake them up and say, something's been bothering me, and they'll hang up on you. you know, I'll, I'll deal with this about 9 in the morning. Don't do that to me. I'm just saying, if you've gone this long without getting this great, you can wait another few hours. Go hang up the phone, and I'll talk to you later. But you, you make amends when it's best for them, not you, for them, and don't rush it. So timing is everything. Number two is the right attitude. Now, if you want to apologize to somebody and make things right, a bad attitude is not a not good thing to put on display at the moment. You want to be as nice as you can, but be real. You want to be real. Paul said in Ephesians, but speaking the truth in love. That's the attitude. Not blame, not just because I'm guilty, but you, you speak the truth in love, the Bible said. So simply say that what you did was wrong. Don't make any excuses for your actions. Just assume responsibility. All of you wives here tonight, when your husband's trying to you know, make amends, be nice to the man, he's doing his best. I'm trying to make this as light as I can. Ain't nothing I'm doing up here working right now. They may have been a part in the problem, but you're just not trying to clear up your. But you're just trying to clear up your side of the ledger. Don't expect any of them anything from them in return either. Just apologize and leave it right there. The more serious your offense, the less likely it is that you're going to be able to make any restitution. There are some things you can't restore that you've taken away from other people. But don't underestimate the power of a sincere apology. So you want to make sure your timing is right. You want to make sure your attitude is right. Number three, you want to make sure it's appropriate. The Bible said there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So you be appropriate, you be wise. You make sure you use the right words in the right context. There are some situations you wouldn't want to revisit because to do so you would just open up the proverbial can of worms. So what do you do? You write the letter that you never send, and then you just do what you can to balance the ledger. The Bible said in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, you have to understand here tonight, if you want to make amends with people, if they don't want to, there's nothing you can do about that. But you make sure your heart's right. You make sure your conscience is right. This is Bible I'm teaching tonight. I've used a lot of Scripture verse here tonight to back up what we're teaching. So the amends to, to those that I've heard, the, the, the how you do it, uh, you refocus your life. Refocus your life on doing God's will, starting today in all of your relationships. Bottom line, that's what recovery's all about. As long as you focus on someone you resent, you're allowing them to control you. And if you continue to resent them long enough, you'll eventually begin to resemble them. That's a thought. I hate that person. Keep that up. And you'll start acting like them. I've seen that happen in marriage. It ain't the bad one acting like the good one. It's the good one starts acting like the bad one. I've seen it. So don't let your past control your present. God is the greatest recycler. He wants to recycle the emotional garbage in your life and bring good out of it. How does he do that? Let's take a look at the wise words of Job. In Job 11, if you prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast, thou shalt not fear, because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away. This is your attitude, this is your approach. You put your heart right, you reach out to God, and you face the world again. You can't manufacture enough forgiveness for all the times you're going to be hurt in this life. You can't. You just don't have the ability because human forgiveness eventually runs dry, especially when it's the same two or three people all the time. You just get tired of it after a while. So that's why you need to plug into Jesus so that he can daily give you the forgiveness you need to refocus your life. So you can choose tonight to be the victim or a victor. It's up to you. It's your attitude. It's what you want to do with this. It's your attitude. It's how you handle it. So on the path to being whole, there's a huge part of that that has to do with forgiveness and making amends if you want to be whole. Just don't start today by being a better person. There's There's some things that It need to be clean. I understand it's hard. I get it that it's hard. It's hard to sit down and have that conversation with people. Especially when you know they're they're probably not going to be that open-minded to you. You've hurt them. They don't want to see you. They don't want to talk about it anymore. But you have to have them understand you're coming in the right spirit. You're doing your very best to work this out. Somebody told me one time that time heals all wounds. I don't believe that lie either. I don't believe that. I know people that's been hurt through the years, and they've never gotten over it, never gotten over it. There's people that was hurt 30, 40 years ago in a church environment. They've not come back to God yet. They can't get over it. Don't tell me time heals all wounds. You'll crust over, you'll callous over, but you're not healed. There's still that infection on the inside that needs to get I'm trying to help somebody here, and I'm trying to help a lot of people here tonight. There's people here tonight that are packing stuff around with you. You've towed it around for years. You want to get rid of it, and you just don't know how. Well, I've given you a method. And if you didn't get all of this tonight, you can listen to it on podcasts. In the next couple of days it will be on our podcast. But I'm asking you folks to go through last Wednesday night and, and tonight and listen to it, ingest it, practice it on a couple of people and see how it works. And if they still want to be an idiot about a situation, that's up to them and between them and God. But you don't have to be miserable and resentful and all of that anymore. I want to say one more thing, and, and, I, and I'm done. I'm concluding. i got three minutes. <coughs> I'll never forget when we came to pastor here. Um, church was a mess. It was a, it was a mess. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of things the building was in, in horrible condition, and uh, but the people were even in worse condition. There was a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt from the previous pastor. And and what I'm, I hope there's enough time past that I can say that. And uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, I called my very first trustee board meeting. We had not been on location but a week or two. The building had been flooded. It had 13 inches of water in it. It was in a horrible state of disrepair, not just from the flood. The ceiling was falling in, and the doors wouldn't shut, and it was unbelievable. And so I had put together a plan on how to fix the building, had a little bit of money, and was tried to stretch that money as far as we could. So I called the trustee board meeting to present them with my plan. And one of the trustees walked by. I'll never forget it. He looked at me. We were standing at our door like right over there, went into the office, and he, he stood right there at that door, and he pointed his finger in my face. And he said, I want to tell you right now, preacher, I want nothing to do with this looked him dead in the eye he was about two inches taller than me and i pointed my finger right back and i said okay you listen to me i didn't have anything to do with what happened to this church but you were here and you're going to stay on this trustee board until we get it fixed now come on in the office and we're going to have our meeting and when this building renovation is done you can get off the board he didn't say nothing he just walked in the office I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if they going to leave. I knew, I've known his wife all of my life. All of my life. I didn't know him, but I knew her. And uh, so we took about two months and we finished the building. We met at my house, and by then, time for getting a little easier, and the building was a little prettier, and the pressure was off. And bottom line, their trustee board had someone come in and take the load off of them. I took the load off of them, and don't you worry about it. I'll be accountable. I'll report back to you. The church had money stolen from them, embezzled, and whatnot. They didn't trust anybody. They didn't want to fool with church. They were hurt. About two months later, we had pie and coffee at my house, and they all came over, and we sat at the kitchen table, and I had a file about that thick of receipts. How all that money was spent. And I said, I want y'all to all go through it, take your time. We're not in a hurry. And they just started thumbing. I said, No, 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 we're not going to thumb through it. You take your time and you go through it. So they did. And they were happy and comfortable that the money had been spent appropriately and the building was pretty and all that kind of stuff. And I said, At the very end of all of that, I said, And brother so and so has an announcement to make. This man had a laugh like nobody else. He just went, <laughs> And he said, Brother Murphy, let's forget about all that stuff. He said, I'm going to stay on the board with you. He didn't have to say any more than that. I didn't make him grovel. I didn't make him crawl. I didn't ask him questions. I just thank you, Brother so-and-so. I appreciate that. It means the world to me. Let's move forward, and we did. He stayed on the church board for a number of years after that. He went through an attitude adjustment in a presentation adjustment y'all get that and he made amends with me and they became a clutch family anytime we had a work day at the church he was there time we needed help he was there they made financial contribution they were on board my point is is you can't walk around with that stuff he got it out he expressed it in his way I was good with that we made amends I let it all of that go and we became great friends and served together in that church for a number of years. It's what you do. That's what you do. You really don't have a choice. Aren't you thankful tonight that when you messed up your life really bad, Jesus isn't holding a grudge and being resentful toward you. He's just letting you go free because the Bible said, He who the Son sets free. It's free indeed. There's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's what he does for us. Let's reciprocate that among one another. God bless you tonight. Thank you for your time and your patience. God bless you. You're dismissed, and we'll see you Sunday morning. Bells and whistles, shouting shoes. Amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Y'all going to sit there. I'll keep going. <laughs> God bless you folks.